Welcome to the Dieter Melhorn Fishing Podcast. Whether you like to fish, enjoy talking about fishing, or just enjoy the fishing lifestyle, this is the podcast for you. So go grab yourself a cold drink or a hot cup of coffee, sit back, start tying up some fishing rigs, and enjoy the show. Well, hello, folks, and welcome to the Dieter Melhorn Fishing Podcast. I hope you're having a good day, whatever day it is that you happen to be listening to the show. To all my regular listeners, I appreciate you coming back and checking it out. And to you new folks who I will probably find some during this podcast, I appreciate you checking this out. Uh, You can watch the video version of the podcast on YouTube on my fishing channel, Dieter Melhorn Fishing, or you can listen to the podcast. If you are a member, a channel member on YouTube, appreciate you joining. Remember, if you join the channel and become a member, you've got some free stuff coming to you. So reach out to me to make sure I have your email address so I can get that stuff out to you. A bunch of you have forgotten to reach out to me and you got some free stuff coming to you. Plus you'll be eligible for some different stuff down the road. So appreciate you joining if you join. We're gonna talk about something today about how an angler lost $3 million in a fishing tournament. (laughs) It's a heck of a crazy story. Uh, Basically what happened was um, there's the Big Rock marlin tournament big rock fishing tournament it's mainly for blue marlin they have some other divisions takes place out of moorhead city in north carolina uh it happens this time every year it's one of the biggest uh fishing tournaments anywhere it's saltwater fishing so it's a little different than most of my listeners listening to but there's some interesting lessons we can learn from uh, what happened here um This is big time, 270 boats, and these aren't your regular bass boats or catfish boats. These are, you know, in some cases, multi-million dollar fishing boats, Vikings, Hatteras, you know, huge boats that these guys are fishing out of. It's a big boy, rich boy event. Um, And I say that because the entry fee to enter across the board to fish all the different divisions is about $20,000. Uh, it's, it's, it's big time. It's a lot of money and, but the payoff is big. The payoff is big too. Uh, you know, we were talking here about this angler losing three and a half million dollars because of what happened. We'll get into that in a minute and I'll tell you the story and kind of explain it. It's been in the news. This happened just yesterday and, uh, they don't go into really any depth on They they explain what happened, but we're going to go into a little depth. So you guys kind of understand a little bit better and uh as to why this rule is in place that they violated um but anyway uh this this tournament is not without controversy as it is with every fishing tournament of any kind out there back in 2010 there was another interesting story that happened this one made national worldwide news too uh there was a boat that caught what was the biggest blue marlin ever caught in this tournament, 883 pounds. It was caught aboard the Citation, is the name of the boat. And uh, this was big news. I mean, this was a huge fish, very rare uh, for one of these to be brought to the scales in a blue marlin tournament. Uh, I think they even had, may have had to drag this fish beside the boat for a while, couldn't get it in. I know that it happened with one of the fish down there. Um, but they get it in, they weigh it, it's like, boom, you know, biggest fish ever weighed, crowd goes nuts, everybody's happy. I forget what the total payout was then. I want to say around 1.4 million, 1.5 million. Um, and 
they go through the process. Anytime you're in one of these tournaments, there's always a lie detector test that you know the, the captain or somebody on the crew goes through. There's the checking to make sure everybody has the license, that the boat has the uh, appropriate license in place. And they were going through that process. So, uh, you know, do the lie detector test. They pass it, you know, all good there. And they start looking at the licenses of the anglers on board. Everybody on board the ship, per rules of this tournament, has to have a North Carolina fishing license because it's out of North Carolina. Well, they get this, there's this one mate that is on the boat. A mate on one of these boats is somebody who assists with the fishing, rigging, all that kind of stuff. Um, he did not have a fishing license. I guess they were coming back in, they're going over everything, making sure everything's in order, and he realizes, oh man, I don't have a North Carolina fishing license. I believe he was from Virginia or Maryland, if I'm not mistaken. So he quietly jumps on his phone and buys a North Carolina fishing license so that when he gets back, boom, he's got the fishing license. Well, when you buy it online, these things are time stamped on when you got it. So uh, that way you can't buy a license the day you get caught without a license. And the time stamp showed, I guess, that he was, he had purchased this license on the boat ride back in. This ends up in them being disqualified from the tournament. Now, this is in 2010. We're talking about this 2010 fish. That turns into a major lawsuit. Uh, you know, we're talking, you know, over a million dollars here on the line. And even for a bunch of high rollers, uh, that's a lot of money, one, and two, it's bragging rights. And this ended up in a lawsuit that got strung out in the courts for, I believe, three years. It went to the Supreme Court of North Carolina, back around, and tens of thousands of dollars were sent, spent to settle this. And then finally, it was settled out of court right before it was kicked back from the state court to, I believe, the Superior Court. It ended up being set out of court. Nobody ever knows what happened with that. Uh, it was a non-disclosure deal, so they never talked about what really happened, what the settlement was. But fast forward to this year, uh, day before the last day of the tournament. There is a boat out, uh, the Sensation, and uh, they got hooked up on a fish. Where these things work, you call in, you're hooked up, boom, you're fighting this fish. Six hours to battle this fish to get it to the boat. And uh, it ended up, I think they got it to the boat around 9 p.m. I mean, it's after dark at this point. They radio in, you know, it's going to be about 11.15 before we're in, about a two-hour run. So heading back in, and uh, they get to the scales, and it's big fish. Comes over to Gunnels, up onto the scale, 619 pounds. Huge fish. Um, and it's over the 500-pound mark, which is important in this tournament because there is bonus money paid to anybody who wins the tournament with a fish over 500 pounds. So it's, you know, the biggest one of the tournament. I believe the next closest was 480, something like that. So crowd goes wild, crowd goes nuts. And uh, I actually did not stay up. They, they put out a thing on Facebook to where you could track what was going on with the, uh, you know, boats that had fish to weigh in and all. I did not stay up to watch it, but I got up middle of the night for something. I had to guide trip next morning, and I noticed that the, the they, they had posted the weight of the fish, but it was unofficial, pending review. And I was like, uh-oh, 
this ought to be good. And it was. Um, what had happened was, um, the I, I seen another note somewhere that said, pending possible Rule 23 violation. So I go looking at what Rule 23 is. I was curious. I was like, oh, man, is this another angler that didn't have his license or something? And uh, go on to read that, uh, according to Big Rock Rules, and I'm going to read this from uh, their website here. Uh, Rule 23 states it's weight alteration. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, boy, they're stuffing lead weights in there like the walleye fisherman did. Uh, no, it's not that. What it says is attempted weight alteration of any blue marlin or game fish will be subject to disqualification and automatically disqualify the boat from the tournament. IGFA rules apply regarding mutilated fish. Very important line right there. The rules committee reserves the right to cut open any fish for inspection of suspected weight altering efforts such as inserted weights, ice or water so on the big surface of this rule is you can't stuff weights in it you can't stuff a hose down its throat and fill its gut up with water you can't stuff ice in it um, none of that happened none of that was in question what came into question was IGFA rules apply regarding mutilated fish now the IGFA rule reads Mutilation to fish prior to landing or boating the catch caused by sharks or other fish, mammals, or propellers that remove or penetrate the flesh. Injuries caused by leader, line, or scratches, old heel scars, or regeneration deformities are not considered to be disqualifying injuries. Any mutilation of the fish must be shown in a photograph and fully explained in a report accompanying the record application and IGFA rules or International Game Fish Association and this would apply to fish that are submitted for a world record. But what they're talking about is, and you're probably asking yourself, well, if a, a shark bites a chunk out of your fish, that's going to cause you to lose weight. It, it, it would. It would cause you to lose weight. The more important thing here is, is that the shark bite or propeller strike would kill the fish or disable the fish, thus potentially making it easier to land the fish. So their thinking is, you got a fish out there, a shark bites it, bites a chunk out of it, and basically kills it. You're reeling in dead weight. It's not easy. Uh, as a matter of fact, they actually said that this fish may have been tail wrapped on its initial dive and that may have been what took them so long to get this fish to surface because a dead fish uh, of this size especially is very hard to get in. Um, it, it's hard to get it turned and planed up and nose in the right direction to get it up out of the water. But the one thing you don't have going against you, you don't have a fish that's, you know, if you got a dead fish, that's, whether it be shark bite or whatever, uh, would, you know, it, it, it would it would not be able to jump and fight and run and all that kind of stuff. So that's why that rule is in place, in case you're wondering. So they held off making a decision until Sunday morning. They had biologists look at it. The thing I guess they wanted to clear up was whether or not this was an old shark bite and whether or not this was a wound that maybe the, the, the marlin got bit a month ago and this was just an old wound or did this happen during the fight? 
It was determined by the biologists, the fisheries biologists, that this was a new wound, probably happened while they were fighting the fish, possibly. The fish could have been dead from the tail wrap and was just basically being drugged in, and that could have been when the sharks hit it. So the bottom line is, you know, you don't know. Uh, you know, that's one of those things that that fish was dead from being tail wrapped and the fish bit it. It really didn't help. It's going to end up, most likely, in my opinion, in another lawsuit. That is probably what is going to happen. They were disqualified, is the bottom line. Uh, they determined it was uh, injuries led to a dead fish being reeled in, and three and a half million dollars went out to winner. There was bonus money, I think around $750,000, for the uh, uh, for catching one every 500 pounds, and they lost that. So it's a big kick in the teeth uh to these guys because they felt sure they had a fish it was a great fish and you know the bad part is in this situation it's really nothing they did wrong uh they didn't this isn't like trying to skirt some rules somewhere or get away with something here or trying to do something you know over here you know or, or having the wrong hooks the wrong leader whatever this is just a stroke of bad luck and uh, I feel for these guys uh, yes it is a big money tournament it is some big ballers that are in this tournament uh, but even rich people miss three and a half million dollars that's a lot of money and the biggest thing as the captain said I read an article you know is that you know after this you're you know you want that plot you, you you want that win you want that win more than anything and you know without it next year you're just kind of forgotten about so uh sad deal for them but uh it, it it shows you that it's the way tournaments roll uh we talk about tournament stuff that goes on in the catfish world and and, and bass fishing world and you know walleye fishing world with some of the drama that happens there and it happens everywhere at this level the stakes are a little bit higher so uh you know big money in big money out it's a uh, heck of a tournament so that's what happened. Now you know the, as Paul Harvey would say, the rest of the story as to what led up to this. I figured it was worth doing a podcast on this just to fill you in on what's happening. So anyway, until next time, we'll catch you out on the water.